Attention, episode 12. Now, I know it's been a minute since I did episode 11. I'll tell you why. I was on vacation. I went down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Memorial Day weekend, and once again, salute to the troops for Memorial Day. But it was Black Bike Weekend, and there were thousands and thousands of motorcycle riders, mainly sport bike riders from mainly all over the East Coast and the South, but what a party. Big party in Myrtle Beach. Now, the reason they call it Black Bike Weekend, I'm guessing the history on this, it goes back almost 40 years. There was a thing in the South called segregation. Don't know if you heard about it, but um, basically there's a Harley Bike Weekend, the weekend prior to Black Bike Weekend. And the Harley thing I think is mostly white, mostly Harleys, like a different bike culture than Black Bike Week. It's mostly sport bikes, mostly black people. There are white people, everybody's welcome and stuff like that. I'm just explaining the name, all right? Enough of that, moving on. This is what I wanted to talk about. First of all, the riding was phenomenal. It, it was beautiful down there. Listen, I was wrong in some ways about the South. The South is still confusing to me. If you listen to me on any regular basis, you know I love to make fun of the South and, uh, and it earns it. Crazy politicians, a lot of backwards policies, things like that, but I was down there. Okay, first of all, gas, a dollar a gallon cheaper than LA. That's right, a dollar a gallon. Right there, you're like, hey, I gotta consider this. Now, granted, it has that ethanol in it, and the ethanol is the corn-based fuel additive, and it is subsidized by the government, the whole ethanol thing. So whenever someone, whenever someone yells at you, keep the government out of it, I don't need government money, they're probably collecting government money. So the gas down there is subsidized, but hey, buck a gallon's a buck a gallon. But this was the more important thing and the more, I don't know, just confusing. I'm riding through Virginia and I pull into a gas stop and there's two guys there and they're bikers and they're stereotypical bikers, you know, uh, white guys, long hair, beards, riding Harleys. They had their, their bike vests on for their club, whatever it was, with big rebel flags on the back. Right now, I, I pull up. I'm a black guy. I'm riding a Honda. It's a Valkyrie. It's a touring bike. And anyway, I'm I'm like, uh, I don't need any hassle. And and I'm, I'm not one to think that bikers want to fight. Like this ain't TV. If I I'm not thinking they're gonna want to beat me up. But I don't need any you know jack bike comments. Any anything stupid. You know what? These guys turned out to be really cool. We talked about riding. We talked about traffic. They were headed south. I was headed north. We talked about did we see any cops? And and I'm like, what? Walking away like. They were really cool. So what's with the rebel flags? <laughs> I don't know. It's the South. It's confusing. And I think it's like a lot of other things, you know, good people, crazy politicians. I say the same thing about the church, especially Christianity. A lot of good people, a lot of crazy leaders. So that being said, listen, I had a great time. I rode from Myrtle Beach all the way up to New York through, you know, the Carolinas, through Virginia, cut through Pennsylvania just for, you know, the beauty of it. And wow, what a trip. So the podcast wasn't done last week. And there'll be weeks like that because when I travel, I, I don't carry all my podcasting equipment, which consists of a snowball microphone and my iMac. Um, maybe I'll start recording on my iPad. Sound quality won't be as good. 
more likely I'll just record them when I come home because, you know, that's that. All right, enough about me. Let's get to it because there's been a few things that have happened since I've left. Politics, the usual. Not much has changed. Barack Obama, he's been starting his attacks on Mitt Romney, principally about Bain Capital and, you know, Mitt Romney's um, big corporation, which swallowed small corporations, laid people off, profited and stopped. That's what he did. And, you know, Obama's going to attack it. And then Romney attacks, there's a jobs report. You know, believe it or not, not every American is employed. And, and that's all Barack Obama's fault. But, you know, that's ridiculous. But obviously, that's the attack. And they're politicians. So this is what they're supposed to do. Listen, all this talk about we need positive campaigns based on the issues ain't going to happen. This is America. We like gossip. We like nonsense. And there will always be a spin to any fact coming out of a politician's mouth. So this is just like they're, these are the warning shots. They're just testing things out now. You know, they tested could we bring back the, the Reverend Wright thing on Barack Obama? And Obama's people are testing the Mormon thing with uh, Mitt Romney and so on. And, and when I say that, I mean lower levels and leaks. It, it's part of the game. We all know that. But let's get let's get to the funny part in politics. John Bolton. I don't know if you remember old John Bolton. John Bolton was George Bush's UN ambassador. He was a guy nobody liked. He didn't like anybody. And Bush put him in while Congress was on vacation, you know? John Bolton came out and said that Bush left Obama a mess. That's right. He said, I think people would agree with Obama that he was left a mess. Now, he added that Bush's legacy will get better the farther away we get from his presidency. And I don't, I don't get the thing with Bush and his people saying, you know, the longer, like, like 100 years from now, I'm going to be a genius. No, you're not. But, but good for John Bolton that it only took him three and a half years, you know, through major recession and housing crisis, all to realize, hey, this, this country was a mess when Bush left. When our administration didn't do well. I was at the UN. We, we had wars. Man, what newspaper does this guy read? I, I, I wouldn't even say it's a newspaper. Maybe he gets news on, a, on like a tablet. I don't mean a tablet like an iPad. I mean like a stone tablet because John, you missed by three and a half years. <laughs> Speaking of, of out of touch and hilarious, um, Donald Trump's back. Donald Trump is still on a crusade, you know, to find Barack Obama's birth certificate. Barack Obama's Kenyan, blah, blah, blah. Listen, Tune in, turn on. people are getting on Mitt Romney for not, you know, dismissing Donald Trump on his birther issue. I'm not getting on Romney. I think Romney looks at this like, this gives the crazy person something to do. You know what I mean? You ever have somebody try to help you who's incompetent? Like, like say you have five people who can cook and then one person wants to help and they can't cook and they give them something to do. Like, listen, you, you just peel the potatoes. And because it's something that they could do that they can't mess up. You know what I mean? Like, listen, you just mash up the bananas for banana cream pie. So what Mitt Romney's like, yeah, Donald, you, you give me some money and, and go look for the birth certificate. Yeah, hey, take Sheriff Joe with you. You go find the birth certificate. That's a good Donald. Gives the idiot something to do. So, so I, I give it up to Mitt Romney for, for doing that because Donald, he wants to feel important and, and he's working with limited resources. We, we've all seen the hair. So good for him. Donald, you keep looking for that birth certificate and you call us when you find it. 
I don't knock Romney on this one. I think it's a good strategy. Give your dummies something to do. Now, here's the thing that that I, I'm dumbfounded, okay? Have you heard about Mia Love? Do you know who Mia, no. She's not a rapper or a singer. I know the name sounds like it. No, Mia Love is a black woman, Republican Mormon running for Congress in Utah. Get up, get back up. I did say that, a black woman, Republican Mormon. Yes, she's the one. Listen, whenever these type of people come up, I think it's opportunistic. You know, she's got Tea Party support, blah, blah, blah. She she is what she is. I don't know, good luck for her. She's, she's the mayor of a small town in Utah. She's running against the only Democratic congressperson out of Utah. Obviously, she has huge support from the National Republican Party because if they can get a black woman Mormon to support Romney and, and attack Obama, wow. What a score for them. So so they're obviously backing her up. Listen, I don't buy it. Personally, this woman Mia Love was raised by Haitian immigrant parents in Brooklyn. Okay, according to the Republican Party line, they, they, they don't let the immigrants in. They wouldn't let Mexican immigrants in. They, the Haitians ain't gonna happen. So, so it defies her own lifestyle. Did she work her way up on her own? Yes, in some ways. Was she helped? No doubt she was helped, but she is where she is. She's doing what she's doing. She's running for Congress. If she wins, wow. I, I don't even know, you know, if it's gonna be an upheaval. So I'm not saying she can't run. I'm saying I don't buy it. A black woman, Republican, Mormon? You understand the Mormons didn't like acknowledge black people till 1978. So within her lifetime, like she didn't even exist to them. She was, she was evil. Black people, dark skinned, you were marked as evil, but now she's a, a member of the religion and running as one of them. So I say, good for her. This is America, man. Our country is nuts. You, you, when they say anyone can do anything, absolutely, this is an example of it. Anyone can do anything. So uh, a child of Haitian immigrant parents can run for Congress in the US. And here's the beautiful thing to the Republicans, this will be a magical story. The American dream come true. Wow, you did it. Now, you have a black man who's the, the son of an interracial marriage with a Kenyan dad who made it all the way to the presidency. Is that a great story of America? No, that's evil because he's a Democrat. It, it, the hypocrisy in politics is hilarious. Mia, good luck to you. I, I don't even know what to say, but... I don't know where you come from. You're, you're my new Condoleezza Rice. People ask me, what's the deal with Mia Love? And I hit myself in the head. Speaking of flips, here's another one. Arthur Davis, okay? Now, Arthur Davis was a Democratic congressman from Alabama, supported Barack Obama, one of the first to, in the South to speak in favor of Barack Obama, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's out of Congress now. He has flipped. He's switched, he's coming back as a Republican. And he's probably gonna run for Congress in Virginia. Again, I say, I don't buy it. I think it's opportunistic that, listen, the Republicans are loving black people right now. If they if they could get me, and they, well, not they, they couldn't get me. Even for money, even for a TV show, even for a movie stardom, they couldn't get me. Um, nah, but, that's what they're looking for. And this guy, I think he just sees opportunity. 
So he's going to be a Republican. You know, that does he support the policies? The fiscal conservative, maybe, maybe. The, the gay marriage thing, you know, obviously uh, Mia Love through the Mormon thing, she's anti-gay marriage. Is this guy anti-gay marriage? I don't know. But if you're black and from the South, I, I still say, how can you be against civil rights for anyone? This guy, uh, Arthur Davis, is against Obamacare. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's a joke. If you look at the Republican health plan of the 90s, it was a blueprint for Obamacare. If you look at the Republican health plan from that Tea Party pledge in 2010, they had the same things, you know, children will be covered until they're 26, no maximum limit on health care uh, payments from the insurance company, no stopping your insurance for pre-existing condition. Basically, they said we support everything in Obamacare except that whole Obama name part. So I don't buy this guy at all, but you know, it again, what an opportunity. They're looking for someone, listen, Herman Cain didn't work out. Herman carried a lot of baggage. Herman wasn't the, the, the poster child that they can use. Arthur Davis is, yeah, and it is Arthur, no, no H, so I'm not saying Arthur wrong. A lot of people correct me on the podcast, like, you said this wrong, you got that fact wrong. You Listen, unedited, I'm just streaming right here. I'm talking, so sorry, but it is spelled A-R-T-U-R. Amazing minutia I get caught up in. I'm sorry about that. So, good good luck to Arthur Davis. The same thing I say to Mia Love. You have a choice. This is the United States of America. You can do whatever you want. And and not just Republicans believe in the Constitution and having a choice. Well, they don't believe in choice, but you know what I'm saying. Democrats do too. We were, we were having a talk, me and somebody, about family values. When did that become Republican? When did the Democrats all start hating their children? I don't know. Enough of that. Good luck, uh, you know, Arthur Davis, wow. Moving on, Scott Walker, remember him? Yeah, you probably don't, because once again, the Democrats dropped the ball. Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, and he, he did the whole anti-union thing, broke the uh, government unions, and no collective bargaining, et cetera, et cetera, and the Democrats were up in arms, and we'll protest, and it's gonna be like the old days, going to be unions marching in the street. We will recall this man. He'll be out of office, blah, 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 blah. Okay, the election's coming up. <clears throat> By the time you listen to this, the recall election will probably have already been held. And you know what? It looks like he's going to be fine for a number of reasons. And, and I lived in California when they did the recall of um, Gray Davis and they put Arnold Schwarzenegger in office. Yeah, ask us how that worked out. But the Republicans were organized on that one. They they had a whole campaign. They picked their candidate first. They, they had tons of money behind it. They fooled a lot of people by showing them the Terminator and he's a hero, and it worked. They got rid of the real governor. The state was in much worse condition when Arnold left than when he came in. He didn't fix anything, but he did call legislatures girly men. But the point being, Republicans are organized. They know how to do this kind of thing. The Democrats, so many ways they dropped the ball. First of all, no national support. A lot of talk, but no money. They raised money for this recall through things like moveon.org, you know, the website, and, and they didn't stay behind. They didn't have a candidate. They're like, let's recall Scott Walker. Who are we gonna put in? Uh, I, uh, um, hmm. Well, we got this guy Barrett, but we don't really like, um, I don't know, you interested? 
again, you, you just don't, you got to have somebody, okay? You know, you, um, the Democrats dropped the ball, plain and simple. So, so they're like, we want change, give people something to change to. And you know, Obama ran on change and hope, hope and change. And now he's running on, I hope you don't change, which is just a little joke I like throwing in. Hope you laugh. Okay, so the Democrats didn't organize. They should learn from the Republicans. Like you get a really rich person to back like the, the way the uh, Koch brothers did with the Tea Party and you you win at all costs. You, you let them know that that candidate is out to teach your children evil and is, is dangerous to, to America and patriotism and freedom. And you use words that, that have, you know, you can't measure. He's out to get your liberty. That always works. How much liberty do you have? Well, I don't know. I haven't weighed my liberty today. I think I had seven pounds of liberty. Did he want to take a pound of liberty away from me? Oh, well, listen. Republicans know how to win elections. Democrats don't. But there is one Democrat who knows how to win. There is one Democrat who the people will always love. My man, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Recently, Bill Clinton posed for pictures, okay, with porn stars. That's right. Brooklyn Lee, she's a porn star, a winner of the AVN Award, which is like the, you know, Oscars for porn, because good for Bill. Good for Bill. He, he, he only poses with the best. It was uh, in Monte Carlo, the Monte Carlo Casino in Las Vegas, uh, nights in Monaco, you know, big gala, blah, blah, blah. And these women, obviously they weren't dressed for porn. They were wearing their long gowns and looking beautiful. But you know something? Bill can pose with porn stars and we still love him because Bill's our guy. What? Who else would Bill pose with? And thank God they, they you know, they caught him at the ball. You know what I mean? Like not in the back room showing their talents. And maybe they did. Maybe, and if they did, good for you, Bill. You deserve one. You balanced the budget. Man, balance the budget, hang with porn stars. Bill, you will always be the man. You are the rock star of presidency. Let me tell you, it's the same like George Bush where, oh, in a hundred years, we're gonna think Bill's a cool president. Bill was a great president. No, right now you're like, man, if I could kick it with Bill Clinton, I could get through the ropes. I could be behind, man, you wanna get to the party. I'm not talking about the Democratic Party. I'm talking about the party. Then you hang out with Bill Clinton. Bill is the man. I love him. So enough politics for this week. And, and listen, it's going to be a long race. But this, this Mia Love, that's going to be the one. She's blowing my mind. Even Condoleezza Rice is like, you're, you're a Mormon? <laughs> Good for you, Mia. Ah, financial news. Things are tough out there. They're tough all over. They're tough for everyone. Listen, we are not completely out of the recession. There's a recovery happening slowly, but might be hurting you, might be hurting me. God bless Mark Zuckerberg. You know Mark, the guy who owns Facebook. Mark took a $2 billion hit after Facebook's stock was released. You know, it came out at $38, dropped to 20 some odd dollars, cost him $2 billion. Mark is down to only $14 billion. How is he getting by? In this, in this economy, you gotta live with only a personal net worth of $14 billion? Mark, God bless you. Just good luck, hang in there, keep your chin up. This Facebook thing might catch on, it might bounce back. 
What can Mark buy with 14 billion? Oh, I don't know. How about Sony? <laughs> Which is worth 13 billion. That's right. Mark can buy Sony, the whole thing, and have a billion dollars left. So good for him. Now listen, you think 14 billion is a lot of money? When when Sam Walton died and he left his kids, each of them about 14 or 15 billion, they, they were so broke they couldn't give their employees health insurance. Couldn't afford it. Because we only got 14 billion apiece and insuring those employees, we might each have to kick in 500 million. And then we only got 13 and a half billion. What kind of world is this where the child of rich people is expected to live on only 13 and a half billion? You damn right you don't get health insurance benefits. I only got 13 billion to play with. Mark, good luck. 14 billion. I listen. Kudos, my friend. I, I hope you make it. Um, I know if I had 14 billion. I'd be sweating bullets. You know, that's why, that's why they can't raise taxes on the rich. Because, I, I mean, what a hit. Two, lost $2 billion, only got $14 billion left. All right, to those who want to write me, I'm being sarcastic here. And I'm not knocking Mark because uh, one thing about Zuckerberg, he's like a generous guy and he doesn't seem to care about the money. I think he's sort of like Warren Buffett, where he does what he loves doing and money's a byproduct. And he's not out complaining that he's broke. But I just love the fact that it's news that he lost $2 billion. Lost it in two weeks. Hmm. He's almost like a uh, Wall Street guy. Oh yeah, that's right. They lose other people's money, mainly, mainly ours. Speaking of broke, and again, I, I hope you're sitting down when you listen to this podcast because it's shocking. Some of the news that breaks here or the news that I read and make fun of. I don't really break anything. It's not like I'm a reporter. <laughs> Levi Johnston is broke. That's right. Bristol Palin's old flame, the, the, the love of the Palin family who was brought out before us at the Republican convention. You remember? He was, he was one of them. They showed him to, he was the man. He was, he was responsible and he was a good father, unlike those deadbeat dads over on the Democrat side, he was going to be there and take care of his teenage bride and his son. He's broke, okay? He made over a million dollars, and that just proves that stupid pays. Because if you ever heard this guy speak, whoa, man, did they not public schools? Well, here's a poster child. But anyway, Levi had over a million dollars. You know, he did Playgirl. He, he ran for mayor. He, did, he made a bunch of appearances. He wrote a coloring book. I, I don't know what the hell he did. But what did he buy? Guns, boats, four-wheelers, probably plenty of tobacco. And, and who knows? And chewing tobacco. Not smoking, chewing. And, and who knows? So now he's broke. The million dollars is gone. Hasn't paid child support to Bristol in a few years. But doesn't really, that doesn't really matter because Bristol's still cashing in and Sarah Palin's rich beyond measure. So that, that, that baby's fine other than it's a Palin. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he doesn't have much contact with his son and he's got another one on the way. His, his current girlfriend is pregnant. How's he going to take care of this baby? Um, I don't know. What does her, what does his current girlfriend's mother do? I think that's Levi's plan. Just listen, is your mom rich? All right, let's have a baby. You idiot. Um, was that mean? Does that mean call him an idiot? Nah, okay. Listen, the guy won that lottery. There's a lottery in America. You don't buy a ticket. It's called the dumb luck lottery. It's, it's when you're a snooky. 
or this situation or Levi Johnston or, or any of these people who just happen to be in the right place in the right time and the cameras catch them and America loves them and they cash in and they make a ton of money. If you win the dumb luck lottery, save your money. Somebody should just smack you in the head and say, I'm taking half of this money and protecting you from you, okay? You're dumb, you're lucky, we're laughing at you, but you're not gonna be funny for long, okay? They, yeah. Levi, the hell is wrong with you? You know you can't make money any other way. What are you gonna do, get a job? That might involve reading. Now, here, here's a great one. I love advertising. Because it works, because with the right ad, you will believe anything. And, and who is easier to sell to than men? Let me tell you something, sex sells? Yes, it does. And Snickers is onto it. Now you've seen the Snickers commercials where people get hungry and they like get cranky and turn into Roseanne or, or get whiny and turn, you know, into, I don't even remember, Richard Lewis. Sorry, sorry again, for those who are gonna correct me, Richard Lewis, whiny, complaining comedian. Well, Snickers has a print head and it shows a guy with boxing gloves on trying to take this young hottie's bra off, basically saying, you're not you when you're hungry. In other words, you can't hook up when you're hungry, so you need a Snickers and then you can hook up with this hottie. Yeah, if you eat a Snickers bar, you, you could just peel a hottie's bra off. You know something, if you gotta take a hottie's bra off, how about removing the boxing gloves? Perhaps that would work. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. And listen, bras are tricky on your best day. With boxing gloves, it ain't gonna happen. And Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, unbelievable boxer, but you've hit a couple of women. Stop it with the gloves, Floyd. You know what I'm talking about. And I hope he doesn't hear this, because he's little, but he could probably still whip my ass. But anyway, it, I love that ad. That's hilarious. It's almost as good as the Hornitos Tequila ad. I don't know if you've seen this commercial. This commercial is great. It's one of my favorites. Two hot young women. They've got a bottle of tequila. They, they reach outside and unplug their neighbor's cable TV so that the guys come over like, do you have cable? And then there's two hot girls standing there with a bottle of tequila. You know what I love about that ad? Men believe it could happen. That's right. <laughs> Somewhere in the back of a guy's head, he's like, you know, that could happen. It is possible. I read a letter in Penthouse once where it happened just like that. So I'm gonna buy this tequila because maybe if I give it to the girl next door, she'll call a friend over and they'll get half naked and open the tequila and unplug my cable. And yeah, it could happen. Advertisers, good for you, good for you. And it's gonna work. And the, and the Snickers ad, she's gonna be laying in bed saying, what are you doing, you taking Viagra? No, baby, I'm eating a Snickers bar. I'm about to tear you up. All right, enough of the nonsense. Now, I'm gonna get to the, to my last topic. I think this is my last topic and, and this one isn't funny. It, it's funny in a way, but it's a sad story, okay? It is another stand your ground story. And again, it, it doesn't get the coverage that the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman case gets. It's a similar situation with uh, the opposite racial makeup, okay? In Phoenix, um, there was a, uh, a guy, a man, I, I don't know, this is the story. Daniel, um, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to mess this name up. Okay, so here's the story. 
Daniel Atkins Jr., uh, mentally disabled, lives with his parents. I don't know the degree of the disability or whatever, but he's walking his dog at night and he walks past a Taco Bell parking lot and a guy pulling out of the parking lot has to stop short, slam on the brakes, right? So Atkins yells at the guy, watch it, okay? Added an obscenity and mind you, this whole story comes from the shooter because the victim is dead now. So it's a one-sided story. So he says Adkins yelled at him, yelled an obscenity, and the shooter, uh, a guy named Cordell Jude, black guy, okay, Adkins is Hispanic, Jude is black. He says that Adkins walked around, waved something at his car like a stick or a bat or, or whatever it might be. So Jude pulled out his Smith & Wesson 40 caliber handgun from where he carried it in his sweatpants, which obviously he hasn't learned anything from Plexico Burris, but he pulls out his 40 caliber and shoots the guy. Just, you know, he, um, he says Atkins raised his arm with something in it, bat, stick, who knows what. So he shot and killed him. And Jude is in the car with his pregnant girlfriend. So then he's like, well, he literally said, I don't think he would have killed me, but I thought he was trying to hurt me and I'm protecting my girl. Listen, when did this, this stand your ground bullshit is, and, and it is bullshit. When did it become so important that you can't be inconvenienced by another person, that you can't get a dirty look without killing somebody? Okay, so we, we've all been in that situation, right? Where a car is pulling out you may be driving the car and not see the pedestrian or you may be the pedestrian and didn't notice the car and there's a sudden stop eh! and then you're like damn it you know in, in new york they'll bang on the hood of the cab or something when did that become an offense punishable by murder like like it, it it's unbelievable when did listen there's times when stand your ground makes sense if you are in a, in a threatening situation where you can't get out you know, you're surrounded, you're outnumbered, whatever, you know, and, and like I said before, the, the experts on the statute say it's a situation where you can't run away, you can't do anything. I'm not saying there's never a time to protect yourself, but this is ridiculous. This is, this is a crime. This is a crime, just like the Trayvon Martin case, George Zimmerman's guilty of a crime. This is a crime. Okay, he didn't call the cops like Zimmerman did, but a guy walking a dog, and we're not talking about a vicious pit bull, a Doberman, a giant Rottweiler. The guy's walking a Labrador Retriever. All right, you stop short. Maybe the guy did curse at you. Watch it, you bastard, or something like that. At that point, you pull out a gun and shoot him. No, they didn't find a club or a stick or anything on the scene. What they found was the dog next to the guy laying there dead. And Jude says he didn't drive away because the dog was in the way. And, and listen, dog lovers, no knock against you, but what you're saying is, well, I didn't want to hit the dog with my car, so I shot the person with my gun. This guy should be in jail. Listen, it's not a racial thing. It's not, you know, the Trayvon Martin case, there's a racial element, obviously, but this is like, I don't care if the shooter was black. It's wrong. It's ridiculous. America, wake up. Enough of this gun bullshit. Enough of this stand your ground bullshit. You know something? I've, I've had, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'3". I weigh 250. Too many people think I'm intimidating because I'm really not. I don't want no trouble. I don't fight. It's, it's stupid, okay? But anyway, if somebody threatens me, 
If somebody yells at me while I'm driving my car or riding my motorcycle or something, I'm not gonna stop. Did you just yell at me? Oh, okay, let me end your life, all right? Oh, you say it in the car, you're like, I'll kill that son of a bitch. You don't do it. And if you do it, you should go to jail. America, yeah, America, listen to me like I'm the big national guy. People listen, whatever. Let's give it a break. Uh, stop standing your ground. And, and thank God that a lot of corporations are backing off from supporting these lobbyists and supporting these PACs that help pass these stupid stand your ground laws and these stupid gun laws. And I say stupid gun laws because I know people who are into guns, all right? And they're into guns the same way I'm into motorcycles and cars, you know, and they collect them and, and or they're hunters. And, and you know something? A hunter doesn't mind registering his rifle. It's the same as registering his car. And a gun collector, he collects guns and he admires the, he may admire the mechanical aspect or he may, you know, do target shooting, admire the skill. But he's not walking the streets with a 40 millimeter looking to kill somebody. He's not carrying an assault weapon saying, hey, they're coming to get me. They're, I'm not knocking guns. The vast majority of gun owners are reasonable, but this whole fear campaign coming from the NRA and related gun lobbies and this stand your ground and let's, let's stand in the middle of the street and shoot each other. What the hell is going on? What happened to us progressing as a society or as a humanity? Are we moving back? Is it really gonna be the old west? Just carry a gun on your hip and stand in the middle of the street and let's start shooting. God bless the Atkins family on the loss of their son. God bless Trayvon Martin's family on the loss of their son and, and all the others shot with this stupid stand your ground. Hey, how about give up your ground? How about give up six inches and let somebody else pass? How about be polite? And, and don't come at me with this is values in America. No, this is stupid. This is stupid, all right? You're not protecting yourself when you're in a car and you shoot an unarmed guy walking a dog because he cursed at you. You're not standing your ground. You're, you're a bully. You're murdering people. You should be in jail, all right? How many lives have been ruined by this? You, you got the, the family of the, the poor guy who got killed, or obviously the guy who got killed, but then you also have the, the, the guy who shot him because there has to be some kind of psychological repercussion to that because he wouldn't respond to the interviewers in this article and his girlfriend, you know, about to have a baby. That That's probably good, you know. Oh, oh did, did I tell you about the time your dad shot the guy walking the dog? Damn, this pisses me off. America, we're better than this. Let's aim higher. Sorry about that, people. I know it's supposed to all be funny, but I, I really can't laugh at this other than the inane stupidity of it. Stop standing your ground. Let, let your ground go a little. That, that's all I'm saying. I love you guys for listening. June 16th at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills, I'm hosting a great benefit for a cancer recovery assistance group called We Spark. It's going to be starring me and Jay Moore, Paul Reiser, Wendy Lieberman. Check it out at wespark.org. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank for the, thanks for the support. Go to alonzolive.com. See when I'm coming to your city. Tell someone about the podcast. I'm trying to get famous here. Love you. Thank you. Good night.